Hey Nooba, welcome back to the Noob Spirit Podcast. It's Shrek here, the host of these amazing interviews with spearfishing experts, authorities and characters from around the world. It's fantastic to have you back. If you're here for the very first time, then welcome along. This is the show where we just froth on all things spearfishing, mostly and predominantly freedive spearfishing. Today's story is with Adriana Rittenback. I know I've butchered her name and I apologise, Adriana. Um, Eric Anderson introduced me to her. He says, wanted to connect you with Adriana, who is spearheading the up-and-coming dive community SoCal Dive Babes. On Instagram, it's at SoCal Dive Babes. This group is all about building a solid dive community and providing mentorship to women divers who want to get into spearfishing. We've been chatting a bit on spearing, watching their trips to Baja and local waters, fundraisers, beach events, underwater pumpkin target shooting, hanging out with Julie Rife. He says, uh, I thought it would make a great interview. Always stoked to hear more stories from the spearing community and this one sounds like a good one i agree with him adriana was uh she's very energetic and she's very stoked about sparing and this initiative is really cool so if you want to follow along at socal dive babes on instagram um i do have some more shout outs i want to get into some massive ones actually i got three for you palapas ventana spearfishing champion it's a blue water world cup it's being held this year june 22nd to 26th and uh, you need to get in and guarantee a spot this is a comp that uh, is very well regarded around the world check it out at palapasventana.com amazing amazing spearfishing comp I could not encourage you to check that out more um, 99 tips to get better at spearfishing on audible uh, I've uncovered a few more fantastic reviews if you want to get that uh, for free, go to noobspero.com forward slash audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. If you like audio podcasts, you're probably going to like audio books. This is just the 99 tips to get better at spearfishing audio book. Anyway, um, Anonymous uh, gave us five stars. Great guide to spearfishing. I wish I knew these tips when starting out. Great refresher and love to support the guys. Well done. Great product, great podcast. Uh, another anonymous review says, bloody awesome. Awesome book to help anyone from novice to advanced with spearfishing. Keep up the good work, you guys. And then another anonymous review said, top effort, guys. This book has changed the way I look at spearfishing and myself in the ocean. Thanks, guys. If this book helps save one person or prevent any injury, and I'm sure it will help help countless noobs, then it's worth its weight in gold. Um, thanks for those reviews, guys. And uh, I hope you enjoy 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing on Audible. Find it at noobspero.com forward slash audible. Um, also, William Forbes. I know William from the Brisbane Bullsharks there. I met him. He's a fantastic guy. I believe he's studying a PhD. Um, he really wants you to get involved in some evidence-based research to about about. Uh, Breathing techniques to improve breath hold performance, basically. Um, so anyway, he says, I'm, I'm conducting a clinical trial for my thesis to further advance the knowledge basis of breathing techniques that may improve breath hold performance in divers. I'm recruiting participants for my upcoming online land-based study of which you can be involved by participating to better inform us about how to train according to the best available evidence. Um, you need to email him. So it's W dot Forbes, F-O-R-B-E-S dot 10, one zero, at student dot S-C-U dot E-D-U dot A-U. Email William Forbes, W dot Forbes dot 10 at student dot S-C-U dot E-D-U dot A-U. I will have... Uh, I will have William's email in today's show notes if you go to noobspero.com forward slash 
SoCal Dive Babes. I'll have William's uh, email in there. Really encourage you to get involved in that. It's going to be a cool bit of research. But for now, let's get in and chat with Adriana. I'm excited about SoCal Dive Babes. She brings the stoke and brings the froth. There's some mad tips in here, particularly if you're a female diver. Let's get into it. Today's Noob Sparrow podcast is proudly brought to you in partnership with Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. For your next piece of spearfishing equipment, head to adreno.com.au. Flat rate shipping, Australia-wide, huge range of gear. Save $20 on every purchase over $200 when you use the code Noob Sparrow. Better yet, drop into their Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne or Perth mega stores. Use the code Noob Sparrow to save online or in-store. Check it out, adreno.com.au. Today's Noob Spirit podcast is brought to you by Neptonics.com. For US divers, Neptonics is the one-stop shop for all of your spearfishing essentials. They've got free shipping on every order over $99. Now you can use the Noob10 code to save 10% off anything and everything store-wide. 10% off store-wide. Use the code Noob10 at Neptonics.com. Boom. All right. G'day Noob Sparrow community, welcome to the show, we're in for a treat today, I've got Adriana, I think I'm butchering her name correctly, the SoCal Babes dive founder, I'm excited to have you on the show, welcome Adriana. Thank you, hi. Tell us a little bit about who you are, like um, how old are you, how long have you been spearfishing and where do you live and breathe and do this SoCal Dive Babes crazy thing that you've started? Cool. So I live in Los Angeles. I've only been here two and a half years. So I dive Southern California, which includes the coast, the islands. So Catalina, Santa Cruz, Anacapa, Santa Rosa, and then Baja, which is really amazing. So I've done the Pacific side and the Sea of Cortez side of Baja, which I love diving. Um, and I have literally only been spearfishing for a year. But when I got into it, when I set my mind to it, I was like, I'm going to build this awesome women's community for spearfishers. And it kind of happened. So here I am. And it's it's cutting it's cutting some uh, some new paths and um, and it's going off by the sounds of it. It really is, yeah. Well, it's awesome to have you on the show, Adriana. And um, so you started a year ago. What mm-hmm. what sort of what made what made you decide free dive spearfishing for me? Okay, so, so I started scuba diving in 2008. So I've scuba all over the world. I have like 500 dives, and I've done it, and I loved it. And I did it with my uh, my ex-partner. And when that relationship ended, I decided to move to L.A. and start something new. And so I needed like a new sport, a new community, just like a new thing. I wanted the ocean. And I came to L.A. and I only knew one person. So I was like, okay, I need something that is going to introduce me to people and be in the ocean. And really randomly, I was living with a vegan and she went to Florida, went on a boat, and she saw some girls like pole spearing in bikinis, mm. so, like that whole like sexy, fun like look. And she came back and she's like, "Oh my god, I want to spearfish. Do you want to learn with me?" And I was like, "I don't know, like maybe, maybe I do." And so we stayed up all night and we just went down this rabbit hole of spearfishing videos on YouTube. And <laughs> she went to bed and I stayed up, and I dug deeper and deeper and deeper and something clicked for me and I went to bed and like a seed was planted and I woke up and I woke up and I was like this whole forest bloomed in my mind I was like oh my god like this is it like this is this is what I want to do this is who I want to be like I want to spearfish I want to I want to free dive and I'm gonna build (laughs) so funny I was like I'm gonna build LA's first and biggest and only like women's spearfishing community. And I was like, I'm going to call it a spirit to spear. And it's going to be like if, if Coachella and yoga had a baby with spearfishing, and I had this like whole 
ridiculous <sighs> vision, right? Because I knew nothing. I didn't know anyone that's spearfish. I didn't know there were clubs already. I didn't know anything about the culture. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be like Avatar. We're going to like meditate before we go in the water and we're gonna like shoot fish. And then we're going to like pray over their souls. I really, this, it was so ridiculous. So I wrote this manifesto. I was like, this is what, it's my vision board. And I sent it to every single free dive instructor in Southern California that I could find this whole spirit to spirit manifesto. And only one of them actually responded with, girl, I love it. He was just like, yes, this is exactly what we need. Like, I love your enthusiasm and your energy. I got daughters, like, let's do it. Come to my class. I was like, yes. So I went to his class and it took me five hours to pass. And I didn't know it at the time, but like normally, like in an FII level one on your ocean day, like it's like a two hour thing, you know? And if you don't make it to 66 feet, then you, Mm. you know, you got to like reschedule. But for whatever reason, my instructor was like, I am not giving up on you. You're not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on you. <laughs> that was like our conversation. And I was like, wow. okay. And I like five hours later, because I was struggling with equalization, I made it. And then that was kind of the, <laughs> that was the beginning. Wow. That's sick. I know. So what, what in particular were you having trouble with, with the equalizing? Was it, uh, were you one of, I guess, because scuba diving, you had the feet first kind of equalizing yeah. thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the head down was different. Um, and I had a, moving to LA was a different climate. So I had a lot of chronic sinusitis. So I was struggling mm-hmm. with like sinusitis. And um, I think I would make it like 20 feet and then everything would lock up, right? So yep. I spent a lot of this year taking EQ classes, um, you know, training. I had that little like octopus balloon, you know, that I play yep, with, yep. like, right, to open up everything. Does um, it work? So I, I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of things, you know. I, I have mm-hmm. this attitude of like, I want to do everything that I can on my side before a dive to make sure that it goes well. So if something goes wrong, it's not for a lack of something I did. So, mm-hmm. right, you know, I take the Dramamine and the Sudafed and I do the octopus thing and I breathe and I relax and I meditate. And I do like all the things, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little overkill probably, but um, I do it. So it sounds like you're really determined, definitely a self-starter, and you just have a crack at things. Like, um, I want to, I want to. We'll come back to this. I think it's going to be a theme maybe for for your interview. Like, with the with the equal, like, let's get granular for a second. With the equalizing, what sure. do you think have been the biggest wins to allowing you to equalize successfully and get down to sixty feet? Diet, in my opinion. So I haven't done you know like a deep you know, data analysis of all the things I do, but I would say making sure I stay hydrated <clears throat> and cutting out dairy. Like the free diving is, is so good for so many reasons, but it's changed just my day-to-day routine. Mm-hmm. Um, because with the weather, right? Like the weather is like, you're waiting for that weather window. You can't really plan a dive too far in advance. So I'm always making sure that like, I'm ready to get in the ocean. So I've like cut out a lot of uh, alcohol and I stopped, I quit dairy pretty much entirely. And um and I do, I do, oh, it's so crazy. But I literally will neti pot every morning and night. So it's hard to say what exactly I do, but um, mm. it's a combination of things that mm. I do. That would yeah, make a real good Instagram work. post, just the before and after neti pot, I you think. think? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> like in slow-mo of the snot yeah. just like yeah, coming yeah, out just, of like, like, one side. Sometimes, like with Instagram, you see the girls in the bikinis and stuff, and then when you actually go spearfishing, you're like, oh, like you've got to find weird places to take a shit. Um, you know, I there's know, there's right? snot and blood in your mask sometimes. I like, know, I know. no one talks about this sort of stuff. Tell me about your journey with the with the yeah. yucca stuff. 
Okay, you know what's funny that you say that? So I was supposed to go on my very first trip to Baja with the club that I belong to, but they canceled it because of COVID and the border and everything. But I had heard that some of the people from the club were still going, but I didn't get invited. So I was like super left out and I was so, so bummed. So I'm mm. in our local dive shop and I'm talking about, I was like, yeah, you know, I was like so looking forward to it. Like I got the gear ready. Like I was, I was prepping for months for this, mm. my first trip to Baja. I was like, yeah, but they canceled it. But a bunch of guys are still going, but like they didn't invite any of the girls, you know? And this guy goes, fuck that. You're coming with me. I'm going to Baja for 10 days with my two best friends. And we have room for one. You're coming with me. I was like, done. And that's pretty much how I learned to spearfish is I just said yes to strangers. And then I I ended up on boats and then it worked out. Like luckily. 100%. Right? And so I went on this trip and it was funny because all the guys on the trip were like, does she pee on the side of the road? And (laughs) they were all really nervous about that. And I'm like, oh, duh, I pee in a wetsuit, a sealed bag of my own urine for six hours. What makes you Mm. think I'm not going to? go like I'm sorry so there's a there's a it's funny there's a lot of that I don't I'm not very modest I think if, if you know me you know I'm not a very modest person so that kind of stuff doesn't really that doesn't really bother me you poop in buckets on boats you know you do you do what you have to do and I think in the, at the end of the day it's just really bonding for the people you know that are on the trip I I'm going to talk a little bit about um my little I got busted a while back um last year actually I I'll give you a story and what's encouraged me to get more women on the show. Um, ah. I've been I've been hassled by a couple of people before, like, why don't you get more women on the show? And hmm. by, you know, like, by young, um, talented female spe- spearfishing women. And I said, well, to be honest, like, I've had five or six and, you know, like, I've done 150 interviews. Maybe the 5% of them have been, have been women. And to be honest, I think that's probably an over-representation of, of the proportion of, of females in the sport. And then... And then, you know, she didn't like that and she gave me an earful. And and I've started talking to more women that have tried spearfishing and, 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 a, and a couple of things clicked for me. Like when I was in New Zealand last year, um, I didn't know that this woman coming along with us was a, was a spearer. And I said to her, oh, are you, do, do you spearfish? And then she was like, I really offended her. And she turned yeah. out to be a bloody awesome diver. Like she's better than me. Yeah. And, um, and what I realized was, what I've been realizing is that, you know, not every woman has got the personality where they'll go out with a bunch of guys that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like mm-hmm. piss in their wetsuit, piss on the side of the road, um, mm-hmm. deal with all the snot and the yuck stuff. And then you've got a hunt mm-hmm. and there's just not many girls that do it. And there's not many networks of women that do it. And like a lot of guys look at the women stuff and we're like, I think we sort of go, well, we don't, our spearfishing clubs aren't guys only. But, uh huh. But but it's like just due to the nature of it that we're this just a heavy heavy male um, gender skew and so we've we're not intentionally created barriers to women spearfishing but I think they're just kind of there like anyway mm. so I want to start having more people on the show and especially people like you that are starting these communities for females because. I don't know. It's just, it seems like a completely different experience. Like I did the same thing as you. I went out with random people. I took the opportunity. I took the bull by the horns, went out with strangers and went spearfishing for the day. And that was pretty much how I learned. And because it's a really tiny sport, only a really small (laughs) amount of people do it. The chances that one of Mm -hmm. your friends or relatives do it is slim. So you're probably going to go out with strangers. And if they're not, you know, like if I was a girl, I don't know, that journey would have been crazy. Like, you know, particularly if I didn't have a real outgoing personality like you do, uh, or maybe you do, or maybe you don't. That's just my assumption based on chatting with you for I, 10 minutes. I do, I do. You got that, right? Okay. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so anyway, so that's kind of my story. But um, so yeah. as you're sort of talking through some of your stuff, I'm now able to understand that experience a little bit more from, from, from maybe, you know, your perspective. So anyway, I'm not woke. I'm not any, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I haven't all of a sudden turned a new leaf. I've just developed a sense of empathy and understanding, I think, for, you know, yeah. some of the younger women that are entering the sport. So anyway, so that's something that's happened to me in the last year. That's cool. I want to comment on that. So when mm. I got into the sport, I was told by everyone, you know, all men, you know, there's not enough women in the sport or there's no women in this sport. You know, they would name like three common names where they'd say Valentin Thomas, Kimmy Werner and Kelsey Albert. And, and, mm. and as far as I knew, when I first started, those were the only women in the entire world that spearfished. And what I, what I've found is, I mean, how, how is it that I have gathered up 70 women in less than a year that mm. either are already spearfishing, have tried it, or who want to do it. Mm. And so that, just that reality has challenged that belief. So I've had to really ask myself, okay, well, so what is it about SoCal Dive Babes that has made us successful and has drawn out all these women? And, mm. I, and I don't actually think that it's, there aren't women who are into the sport. I think in a way that um, we've, been, we've been told that story, that there's, 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 there's this whole like, you know, there aren't any women who are into it or there's just so few women are into it or mm. they're only into it if their boyfriend is into it or if their father is into it. And that's not actually the case. But that is so perpetuated that it ends up isolating us. Yeah. And so we're, right? So we're not looking for each other. We're not seeking each other out. There's that one-off photo on Instagram that you see, like you know, just randomly on a hashtag, right? And you're like, oh, who's that person? Oh, they're in Australia? Okay, never mind. Um, and so it's ended up, that, that story has, I think, isolated women in a sport, at least in Southern California, mm. um, and then has forced us into, like, the clubs, right? Which I have nothing against clubs. I love them. I love the diversity. Every club has something great to offer. Mm. Um, but it's isolated us into these clubs, which have been are, have uh, very long-term established cultures that are male-dominated. And yep. I have found in doing SoCal Die Babes, this sort of territorial nature around the clubs and women that's really kind of, like, blows my mind. Um I've been accused by clubs of stealing their women. And I'm like, first of all, SoCal Die Babes, you know, we don't call ourselves a club. We call ourselves a collective. And 40% um, of our members belong to other clubs. And I love that. We have members of like five different clubs. And I just mm -hmm. think that's fabulous, right? Mm. The more diversity, the more variety, the richer of a community we are. Yeah. Um, right? And so now that we sort of found each other and we've all kind of come together under the umbrella of SoCal Die Babes, we don't have to play by the rules of mm. the clubs or the rules of the guys anymore. Mm. And we can, we get to define the sport for ourselves and we get to add our own energy, our own uh, personality to it. And I think that is what makes us so successful. And I, I always say SoCal Die Babes is first and foremost, a women's community. Mm. It is second, a free dive and spearfishing group. Mm -mm. And our motto that I wrote is it's friendship above the water, mentorship underwater. And I put it in that order intentionally. And so I, you know, in my mind, my background is all around building like teams and companies and cultures and startups. And all I have to do is to create the right conditions for women in this sport to thrive. And they 100%. will. Right. A hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. And so everything I do. So being new to the sport and having joined clubs and like been to different events, I'm like, oh my God, I, given, given, if I just follow what's out there, I am never going to learn. I'm never going to, I'm just, I'm never going to learn. And mm -hmm. I felt, I was so disheartened so many times in that first six months. I almost quit. I almost quit a couple of times. 
Um, and it wasn't until I found this like random captain who is mm. so awesome, who is willing to take me out. And he's still to this day the only captain that I have met that will take newbies out and actually literally spend time in the water with them, wow. letting them, you know, struggle and, and figure it out on their own. And, um, you know, yeah, so I'm really lucky that I found him. Um, but, yeah. So that's awesome. I guess one of the other mindsets that I sort of had around the gender skew in spearfishing was that it was a mm-hmm. kind of a natural distinction. Like, yeah, like I, I thought, yeah, the woman that spearfished, good, you know, great, good, great for them. Like, hundred percent. I don't care if you're <laughs> a girl or a guy when you come out spearfishing with me. Mm-hmm. Just as long as you enjoy it and you're a good part of the team, all good. But the other thing I the sort of idea I had when I I thought of the gender skew was because. Mm. Um, you know, like I think traditionally, you know, we've thought of men as more of the hunters and collectors and, and, and it being a really sort of a particular way of sort of, I don't know, just the way we approach the world and things in life. Because I remember when I scuba dived, I straight away wanted to start catching stuff. Like I wasn't, mm. like looking at stuff was kind of secondary for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was, I thought that was another part of why there was such a heavy, heavy gender scare. But I think we're going to see the numbers shift. I think we're going to see uh, oh, yeah. a greater, a much greater proportion of female divers like um, coming in the next generation for sure. Okay, you know what's crazy about that is when you think of hunting in other uh, for other animals, I don't think you leave women out. Like you know, mm. women hunt deer, women hunt boar, women bow hunt, women shoot, they compete. But mm. what is it about spearfishing, which is hunting, right? That the mm. culture goes, oh yeah, no, women don't do this. Well, we already know like chicks dig water and they're mm. into hunting, right? It's it's interesting. I'm like, where did that come from? I don't know, but I'm here to bust that myth open. Love it. We love Good it. Good stuff. <laughs> awesome. We're going to chat more about SoCal Dives and um, Veterans Vault and find out a little bit how, how it operates now and sort of mm. what's going to be happening for the next few years and how people can get involved. Um, I wanted to go back to your spearfishing sort of journey. So yes. um, you have been fortunate to encounter a few cool people along the way, it sounds. And yeah, those yeah. people make such a huge difference in the make or break of, you know, like your spearfishing life. So Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about some more of these ex, uh, the, these people that have come along and helped you with different struggles and stuff. Oh my God. Yes. I love this. So I got my first gun, uh, January of 2020, right? So it's a year. And, um, I, I think I did what, you know, any, what I've come to find like anyone else does is like you just go online, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook and you start hitting people up. And so I was just DMing everyone I could find, like, hey, like, I'm Adriana, like, I'm so stoked, look at my gun. I was like, a photo of my gun. <laughs> and, I, and I'd be like, look, I have all the gear, like, I'm dependable, you can count on me, I'll bring ice, I'll pay gas, I don't care what it is, like, let's do this. Yeah, nice. And Right? And no one would respond. Oh. And so I found this, I know, I found this guy in Orange County, and he, <laughs> I love this story, and he has, uh, it's Spear with X, Peter Yee. He's great. And he has this, um, on his Instagram, it says something like come into the ocean and dive with me. And I read that like a personal invitation for email him. And I was like, Oh my God. Hey, I have been looking for you. This is awesome. I would love to come into the ocean and dive with you. And he goes, um, not before. And I'm like, no, isn't this awesome? I just found you. Like what are the odds? And he was looking for people to dive with. And he goes, He's like, why did you think I wanted to dive with people? I was like, well, you know, your bio. He goes, oh, no, no, no. He's like, girl, 
slow your roll. Like those, are, I just have, I just, that's my videos. Like I just post videos on that account. That's like come into the ocean and dive with me. It's like a metaphor for watching my videos. So I was like, oh, so like, do you want to dive with me or do you not? Like, cause you know, I'm cool. If you want to do a video, I'll just like be there. He's like, yeah, no, like that's a no. He's like, but what I, he's like, but what I will do is I'll talk to you on the phone and uh, you can ask me questions. I was like, done, I'm free. Here's my number, let's go. He's like, oh, okay. So he called me and so he was like my first, I guess you call it mentor. And he talked to me about like um, band stretch. So I was like, here's my gun. Like, what does it do? What does it mean? And so he taught me, cause it was a, it's a Rife Euro 100 with a reel. Mm. And the guy that gave it to me put on like grandma bands. He was like, those are grandma bands. Those are look like 32 inch bands. He's like, that gun should have 24 inch bands. So tomorrow I'd like you to go to Spear America and get like new bands. And I was like, oh, okay. And so um, so he's talking about like band stretch, like how guns work, why you have a reel versus a float line, what a float is. Like, I mean, I knew nothing. Like I had the gun Mm -hmm. and I had, I had, I had the outfit. I love gear. Right. So I was like suited up. Right. I'm like that like new person, like first day of like kindergarten. I got like the lunch bag and I got the dress on and the cute shoes. Like I'm all ready to go. Right. All the gear and all the the gear and no idea. And no clue. Right. Totally clueless, but like gung ho. And so, so I, like I fixed the bands and, you know, figured it out, but like no one would, no one would take me. So finally I meet this guy actually at a scuba shop, Dave, uh, David Ortiz. He's, he goes by respected deck. He does charters. He's got this small little boat um, and a huge heart and he goes out to the Channel Islands. And so I literally paid, I got a lot of shit for being a boat diver. And people were like, why aren't you shore diving? Like all newbie shore dive, like you're bougie. I'm like, you know what? I'm boat diving because he's the only one that will take me. So you can Mm. find all the reasons in the world you want to like talk shit on Mm. me, but if you're not willing to take me, I don't want to hear it. And so David took me out twice a week and I Mm. paid a charter price, I didn't care. And, Oh God. And he taught, he literally taught me everything. And I shot my first halibut. I shot my all three white sea bass with him. Um, I know he taught me how to get uni, how to get scallops, um, what to do with it when you get it, like how to fillet fish. He didn't Uh tell me though, that you're not supposed to put fish in fresh water. So the first sheep head that I bought, I had this potluck for my gym. It was really Uh big deal. And I had been trying to like get women from the gym to join the sport. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to go, shoot a, a shoot a fish and then I'm gonna make it into ceviche and I bring it to potluck and you guys can all try it and you can come with me on the boat right but no one told me that you weren't supposed to wash it in fresh water oh, so yeah. I'm making the ceviche and it is like hella slimy it is gelatinous and I'm looking at it going god you know this just doesn't look right and I'm like well I'm following I'm like chopping it up I'm doing the things I got the lime and I got the mango and the things and I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I bring it to the potluck anyways. <laughs> I'm all like, hey, guys. Have um, some slow. <laughs> have some and they're all like, like no, 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 no. I just, I just shot it. It's super fresh. Uh, Everyone oh, had a stomachache that had the ceviche. I felt so bad. It was like people were in the bathroom like, for a long amount of time. <laughs> and people were like, huh, maybe it needs more salt. And I was like, maybe. I, I don't know. And so... I went home and I sent a photo of it to a friend of mine and he was like, what the fuck did you do? And I was like, I don't know. I followed the directions that you sent me. He's like, Adriana, it should not look like that. Did you actually serve that to people? I was like, yeah. And they, they ate it. He's like, did they like it? I'm like, no, they didn't. They did not like it. Not at all. They hated it, but they were too nice to tell me that, but I could see it on their faces. So, you know, it's like a long, there's a lot of that of a, 
my, my whole journey was like making a lot of mistakes and figuring it out on my own. And I think that's the best way to learn, you know? And like when I take girls out who are new, I have an Omer 75 that mm. uh, has like three wraps and no reel. Um, and I recently took uh, one of our new girls to Santa Barbara Island. Um, and I was like, listen, I will not let you into the water until you can put this gun together on the boat. And so she sat there and I wouldn't, and I, like, I let her struggle with it, you know? And, but she was so proud, like that moment, cause like the brain needs that, like to like build those neural pathways, right? You need to like 100%. struggle with something, right? Mm. Okay, mm. right. And in case she gets into a tough situation, like you need that stuff to be on autopilot. So I wouldn't let her get into the water until she could like, like do the gun. She shot a trigger fish and a sheep head in 20 minutes of getting into that water. And I was wow. just like, that's, that's my girl. And she shot her first fish and she was like, I was still getting dressed on the boat. She's like, Adriana, Adriana, I shot a fish. It's massive. It's huge. Like, come, 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 come. come. I'm like, oh, fuck. what the fuck did she shoot? Like, oh my God. She's like, it's like this big. And like her hands are like out to here. And I come, it's like a trigger fish, like the size of a dinner plate. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. I'm like, it's huge to you. I get it, it's huge to you. But yeah. there's like, it's just all those stories, you know, they keep me coming back. Yeah, for sure. I think I've talked a little bit about it before, but there's that learning model, that um, unconscious incompetence, you know, you don't know mm-hmm. what you don't know, then there's that. I know it, yeah. Yeah, the conscious incompetence where you know mm-hmm. that you don't know and then there's yeah. conscious competence where you know what you've learned and then there's unconscious competence. And so many Spiros and Spiros that are experienced, they've forgotten what they learned and they've forgotten all yeah. that stuff. And, yeah. and we, don't, we don't necessarily respect, you know, the, the learning process and we don't allow people mm. to just, you know, sometimes we just treat people like they're morons until, you know. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you experience it in every sort of sphere of life, but spearfishing, it's really clear sometimes, obviously, because this is the world we live and operate in. But, um, yeah, allowing someone to struggle with something and then figure it out on their own, it's really rewarding. And then that lesson is learned forever, you know, so it it's is. powerful. And I think that's what was so special about David. So we would go out to the islands and he would put me in these conditions where it was super surgy, lots of kelp. And the first time I ever shot a, a fish um, – he's like, you're going to get some really big sheep head down here. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And I like, I dove down and I, and I shot, I shot a fish and I had no, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. And like the, gosh, and like the surge was super bad. I lost both of my knives. Like the reel was wrapped in kelp and it wasn't even a huge <laughs> fish, you know? And I come to the surface and I look at the boat. Who's like, he's like 15 minutes, he's like 15 feet away. And he's looking at me. Like I'm looking at him, like thinking he's going to jump in and help me. And he's just like looking at me with this like amused look on his face. And I kind of like throw my arms up in the air. Like, are you going to do anything? And he just like shakes his head. No. And he's like, you got-. <laughs> and he goes, you got this. And I was like, fuck, I do not got this. And I, I didn't have enough weight on. I had a seven mil suit on. I didn't have enough weight on. I was like fighting. I mean, it was just a nightmare. Yeah, it was so yeah. unpleasant. I was like frustrated and I was angry. But you know what? When I finally got that fish out of the hole and I did all the things, I like swam to the boat with everything in a bundle. It was like, I was like covered in real line and shooting line was everywhere. And I swam to the boat with the fish. I was so proud of myself just for the fact that not only did I shoot a fish, but I got everything. Like I didn't lose anything but knives to the boat. And he taught me how to like gut it, you know, and that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I do with the girls. I'm like, I'm going to make sure you're safe. I got my eye on you. Um, but you gotta, you, you gotta have those experiences, you know, you have to struggle to, to really learn and understand. And, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So when you take out girls these days, what's your sort of your process? Yeah. Like, um, 
what is the sort of the talk you give to them before? Because you can give people too much information too soon as well. So oh, what are the yeah, yeah. what are the kind of the bare basics that you give to them before you get them in the water? So when we shore dive, um, I never sh- when I go shore diving with the girls, it's never because I want to shoot fish. It's just to be in the water with them, watching over them. And so I do an assessment of like where's everybody at, who needs what, and then I just take the really really new girls. And I'm like, all we're going to do is just like shoot the gun into some kelp or shoot it into some seagrass, shoot it into nothing and just get the feel for it. What does it feel like to discharge your gun? What is, how is, can you load it? Like, let's swim back. Oh, it's strong current. Let's, make, let's swim backwards. Just those basics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we get girls who haven't even taken free dive training. So um, or there's all different. There's just all yeah, different levels. Sure. So, right. Um, and That's a, yeah. the old, the freediving course is a $500 barrier to entry. And sometimes it's like, yes. they just want to go out and have a look and have a go before they exactly. work out whether it's for them. Yeah, exactly. So that's one of, that's one of the things that I do is I always have gear that they can borrow gear that they can try on. Um, or I find it if I don't have it, that will fit them. And I'm like, let's just get in the water. Let's see if you like it before you want to invest. Right. We go somewhere super easy, super calm. And then once they kind of get it, they're like, yeah, you know what? I like this. I'm going to go invest some money. Then I'm like, all right, well, let's go on a boat mm-hmm. and let's actually get you a fish, you know? Cause once they shoot that first fish, they're, they're hooked. Like, how can you yeah. not be, you know, you're kind of yeah, hooked. For sure. And you eat your own like catch and it's yes. like if you prepare that thing and you, you, not only have you like it's been a difficult experience getting to shoot the fish but then the work that you've put into put the meal on the table itself yeah. sort of creates a real sense of appreciation for it even if 100%. it's like a, a trash a trash inverted commas fish. Right. So, yeah. I stay away from that. I don't buy into the whole trash fish thing. I don't. I, I've been guilty of it, and uh, I don't know. I, I got busted a little while again. I had a, a friend oh. that he he um he's not a great diver, and he just shoots um. Well, some of us accused him of shooting everything that moves, but he just shoots some <laughs> some less desirable species. And instead of working on his freediving and his technique and relaxing and trying mm. to get down and shoot good fish, sometimes it just seems he settles for shooting these inverted commas trash fish. And they're, they're called wongs. And oh. um, you can cook them wrong very easily, and they, mm. they are terrible. Um, but he cooked them for us, and we didn't um, – know what we were getting ourselves into well we kind of did we were like oh no it's wong and then he (laughs) he served this fish and we were like holy shit that's the best wong i've ever eaten in my entire life and um changed my mind i i I, if i've if i'm feeling like cooking and doing the the way he did it then i will shoot them again but as a rule i don't shoot them but you know that's sustainable no one else shoots them because they think they're a trash fish so right Mm. right what what are your sort of your four or five species that you start out okay. on where you are? I love this. So it's funny because I've been told by people that I've I've dove with, they're like, hmm, Adriana, usually new people, they just shoot whatever moves and whatever they can shoot. And I don't I don't do that. For whatever reason, I was very aware in the beginning of like, if I'm gonna get any respect in this community and if I'm gonna like start a women's group, I need to have impressive fish. And so one, I'm very ambitious and I'm sort of hard on myself just like naturally. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, like if I'm going to go in the water, I need to get really good really quickly. So I was diving like four days a week and I shot some of the, I shot the reef fish at first, but once I, sh- I was like, I'm going for halibut, white sea bass and yellowtail. 
And like, I want to get all of those within the first six months of spearfishing. And I did. Um, and um, I know, I'm so proud of myself. I was like, oh my gosh. And, um, and I wanted to get a Wahoo and a tuna, but it didn't, it didn't work out. So it was close. I was close, but it, it didn't actually work out. So um, I was told that um, most people, their first year, they just shoot whatever they can shoot and they, sh you know, shoot like barely legal fish. And then they get, and then the second year, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to get better at diving. And then their third year, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a pelagic. And then their fourth year, they're like, okay, I'm going to go for tuna. And they're like, I don't know what it is about you, but you've sort of just kind of like, kind of like just gone right to year four. And so, um, yeah, that's what I did. I wanted to shoot things that I wanted to eat and yep. that I was like excited to like talk about and be like, oh my God, you know, my mom's favorite fish is halibut. So I wanted to shoot a halibut for her to kind of get her on board because she was not like stoked about me spearfishing. So I was like, mom, I shot a halibut and it's 27 inches. It's my first one. And, and it's really impressive. It's a big deal. Like this is like, <laughs> yay. Right. And then I shot like a bunch of yellowtail. Like all my friends were like, oh my God, like that's what I, that's what I order at the sushi restaurant. Yay. Right. And then just kind of worked out that way but i would say my favorite fish to eat are hands down halibut grouper and wahoo okay. so i've shot grouper grouper you can do anything with i love mm -hmm. halibut and um i love yellowtail too but like for me it's like like wahoo grouper and halibut they're good both raw and cooked where for me mm -hmm. yellowtail is, is only good raw um like sashimi or, or poke salad i wouldn't ever cook a, uh, a yellowtail so i i like the idea of just having those options you know you can shallow fry um, yellowtail in panko crumb, and it goes mm. pretty good. Mm. Does it? I'll try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, you just always want to err on the underside on the, you know, like as we grow up, you sort of get taught, you know, if it's white meat, you know, fish, pork, chicken, it kind of all somehow got lumped together yeah. that, you know, it's you've always got to make sure you cook it properly, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we've all dispelled that that with fish now like there's other factors that go into making it right to eat but like i think anytime you cook fish always air on the on the um undercooking sort of side even if it's a little bit raw in the middle like that yellow tail is going to taste good if your buddy had a blackout on your next beer fishing trip think what would the outcome of that be do you know how to revive someone from a blackout would you even be in a position to do something about it or would you be diving, chasing after a fish as your buddy sinks down to the bottom of the ocean? Do you know where most blackouts happen? Do you know what you can do to minimize your risk of having a blackout? My name is Ted Hardy, and I'm the founder of freedivingsafety.com. In my free online course, you will learn the truth about shallow water blackout, the myth of, I don't push myself, I know my limits, I'm in tune with my body, how to minimize your risk of having a blackout, and most importantly, how to save your buddy's life if they have one. Visit freedivingsafety.com to sign up for your free course today. Dive safe out there. It's, it's not even that hard. Cool, cool. All right. Um, what, so what, what, like, sounds like you've, you've started enjoying the, 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 the pelagic side of towns. Like the, that's the, the sort of the, cause I, I noticed everyone has a preference. Some, some people really like reef species and they actually like the taste mm. of the flesh better than they do the open water species. Um, mm. Hunting techniques though. What 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 were some of the things you had to learn in order to hunt, um, you know, halibut and gro and gropers successfully? So, um, you know, it's a good question. I don't know. I guess I'm like naturally quiet. I'm naturally a quiet hunter because all the halibut that I've shot, I've come up from behind, and I've been told that if you do that, you spook them, and that you you should you should 
come up to them head first and then shoot them in the head. But I've just, I've never, I've literally never seen a halibut like head on. So <clears throat> I always come up um, from behind. You know, what's so weird, Isaac, is I always know when I'm in the zone when like a random song starts playing in my head. I get very, um, I get a little bit like aggressive and angsty in the water. And it's something that I have to check of like, I feel like I still get off hunter vibes when I'm in the water and I, and I have to work on like, relaxing and calming myself mm-hmm. down and um whenever i've like really 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 calmed down like music will start like a random song will start playing in my head and for whatever reason like my whole field of vision opens up and i just see more than i thought um and like i love ha- i love hunting halibut i love that being like shallow and just meditating on the sand and then noticing something and it's like for me like hunting halibut is, a, is, a, is like a passive meditative experience where I can kind of like float along, enjoy the moment, enjoy the waves and the, and the water temperature. And, you know, whether I'm hunting day or night, you know, like the sunshine or just like that, that like calm evening, like energy. And then you stumble upon something. It's like, oh my God, hello, friends. Like, hello, you're coming home with me today. This is fantastic, <laughs> you know? And versus like a yellowtail, which is a very like active, fun like the chase like I love the fight and the chase and that like they're running and I'm like it's just it's so victorious you know mm-hmm. it's so fun oh but you had asked me I'm all over the place you had asked me like no, people right. that had Hallib- um, helped me I was gonna go halibut though they're always like laying on the bottom camouflage sort of thing they're an ambush type yeah. predator fish and so yeah. you sort of see the silhouette when you're in this sort of meditative state no and the it- eyes it's the eyes oh, okay okay yes. I've never shot mm-hmm. one. I've never seen one in the water. Obviously, I haven't been in an area that that holds them. So, you spot the eyes. What do they look like? Yeah, you know what's cool about halibut and why I like it is most fish, right? You look at them in the eyes and they swim away, right? They feel that aggressiveness for whatever reason. When I look at halibut, like eye to eye, is we have this moment. It's like mano y mano, and it's like I see you seeing me, seeing you seeing me, seeing you, and I I can literally pause. And just have a moment of like, okay, I'm gonna think about like, where am I gonna shoot you? Like, how do I feel about shooting you? What are you doing with your day? Like, are you ready to die? I'm ready to eat you. Like, there's, I don't know, there's some like a whole, I don't know, like Isn't conversation it? that goes mm. on with halibut that I never have the time to have. I guess it goes back to a spirit to spear. I get to have my Coachella yoga moments with halibut because they just kind of hide in the sand and they just kind of like look at me and I look at them. And it just feels very spiritual and meditative when I when I shoot them versus other fish where it's very like active because they're moving and I'm moving and we're like we're like hunting each other. I don't know. So so how and when do you switch gears? Like do you do you, do you sort of target species on specific days or, or times or is it you yeah, just adapt adapt to the moment? I do. Um, usually when I go out on a boat with people, we all agree what we're hunting, right? So when you go to hunt white right, sea bass, it's like okay, no one fires their gun until everyone has a white sea bass on the boat. So it's like, you just kind of go. And so that means maybe you never fire your gun like in six hours. And that's just kind of like what you signed up for. And, um, and what's funny about that is I missed my first white sea bass. So I didn't know what a white sea bass looked like. Um, that's a, that was another learning lesson is study your species before going to hunt them. So I was on, it was, it was last March and I was on this boat and we're all like going hardcore white sea bass I'm like, yes they're silver fish like, i'm ready and so i'm for whatever reason like ways away from the group and i'm floating at the surface and six feet below me is this fish that's sleeping 
And it's the biggest fish I've ever seen. It was like four feet long and it's not moving. It's just like sitting there and it's got this yellow tail. I was like, oh, damn it. We're here for like white sea bass, but there's a yellow tail here. This is how <laughs> new I was, right? And I was like, dang. I was like, well, so I literally, I don't know, maybe like five minutes went by a long time. I just like floated over it and I was like looking down. I was like, God, you're so beautiful. I'd love to shoot you, but I can't because I don't want to scare off any of the white sea bass. So I kept swimming. And, um, and I was like, and you know, hours went by and never saw a white sea bass. And I come back to the boat and they were like, you know, where's your fish? I was like, I didn't see anything. I just saw this like big silver, like four feet long yellowtail that was just like sleeping in the, you know, in, in the upper water column. And they all looked at me and their jaws dropped and they're like, you're kidding me, right? I'm like, no. And they're like, that is, they were like, was the tail like this or was the tail like this? And I was like, oh, the tail was like this. And they're like, damn it girl that was a white sea bass and I was like no and it is still to this day the fish that haunts me it was so big and it was and I've yet to see a white sea bass personally in the water that was that big so it's like the fish that got away that I still and it was sleeping and it was just sitting there and it would have been so easy I could just shot it like <laughs> from the surface like top down I would have like stoned it like oh those me. those moments though they keep you coming yeah. back for more too though don't they like like they you do. um Yes. The, the ones that get away, they're the ones where you're like, I'm coming back next time to get you. Pretty much. And then that was March. And then they closed the public ramps because of COVID. Mm. And so I was like, because I was like, that's it. Like, I know they're there. I'm going back. I'm going to get that fish. It's going to be that particular fish. And then they closed the ramps. So we couldn't go out. And I said, that's when I started to shore dive. And I spent like three months getting chased by lifeguards uh, on LA beaches, like into the water. So we would have to run from the parking lots to the ocean as the lifeguards in the trucks were like dry, speeding down the beach to ticket us and kick us out of the ocean. And I'm, I'm in a seven mil, I got like 60 pounds of weight. I got all my gear and I'm like running into the ocean with my dive buddy. And then we'd be in there for five, for five hours and we'd come out and they, those lifeguards were waiting for us five hours and so then we were diving palos verdes which um there's like these they're really big cliffs in um mm. like just south of la and so you can there's like two beaches you can either enter like in the north side of the south side but most people like will climb down the will hike down the cliffs to get to the dive spots so we would enter during, through the beaches and then if we saw the lifeguards we would have to like like escape up a uh up the cliff and it was bad like they like shut down the cliffs there were game wardens everywhere they were ticketing people it was just it was it was rough the three months but i was like i don't care i got nothing else to do the whole world was locked down so we would just run into the ocean hunt and then run out like run up a cliff and you know make it work once i had to walk two miles with fish and all of my gear back to my car to avoid mm. uh a lifeguard and uh, like a police car so did you get covid no, I have not gotten COVID. Okay. And what's crazy is I should have, because I've been back and forth to Mexico like five times this year. I've been on fishing boats. I have all these events, and I have never gotten COVID. Wow. All right. I know. I was, well, this is a funny segue, too, because I was going to ask you toughest situation. I thought it might have been a COVID one. That would be a first for the show. Yeah, no, I haven't had COVID. I've, I've known a lot of divers that have gotten COVID, and they've all said that it's affected their breath hold. So okay. fingers crossed that I, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. What, like long term or just like for the duration of the sort of the illness? Um, afterwards, you know, a couple of them have been like, you know, my, my breath holds been cut in half and they're just something that they've got to like work on to regain the, their strength. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, they're like, it should bounce back, but it just, it, it, it's not there yet. S slow process. Okay. Yeah. Slow process. Uh, cool. 
What about you? So you've been in the water for a year. Have you had any scary moments, scary encounters, things where you were just like, apart from getting away from the lifeguards and scaling a cliff with 25 pounds of lead on and 18 fish over your back? Uh, Scary moments. Um, Yeah, you know, so when I first started, I joined this club and um, I was told join a club and you'll meet people that'll take you spearfishing. And that is not, that, that wasn't true for me. I would go to all the meetings and no, no one would take, no one ever wanted to take me spearfishing. It was so yeah. hard. And I found uh, one of the board members of this club was like, all right, fine. Like I will take you lobster diving. And I, as a scuba diver, I, I, I dove at night. So I thought I was comfortable like diving at night, but you know, you have the lobster bag, the mutiny bag, right? Like with all the holes that like are wrapped around you. And mm. um, I was, so like I was the, in and like this one. In the, pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Kind of like that one. Cool. Um, only, only I didn't have the metal piece. So it was like literally just like attached. It was attached to me. Right. And so I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the water and um, I actually, I refuse to dive this beach because of these experiences. I won't, I call it's call it curse. It's called crystal cove. And I feel like it's cursed. I won't dive it. And Monarch, um, so I'm in the water and, um, the person that took me, like I was trying to keep up with them, but I just, I just, I wasn't able to, you know, he was really fast. Like he was like up, down, up, down, up, down. It was my first exposure to lobster diving. I didn't realize like how quick it was. Like you're up, down, up, down, you're hunting, you're pulling the you know, bugs out of hold. It was, it was a whole different style. It's different than spearfishing. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep up and I, and I, and I just can't. And the tides changed and I didn't know the underwater landscape. And so I see like him, I see his light like kind of a ways away. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm just gonna like swim a straight line to him. But why didn't, you know, not knowing the underwater landscape, I didn't realize that between me and him, there were all these like boulders and like seagrass. And I got my, my lobster bag got caught on, I had one lobster and I got caught on the seagrass and like the, there was a, like a rip current and the tides were changing and I couldn't get free of the seagrass. I couldn't, I, I just couldn't get free. And it was also kind of shallow mm. and I'm like scampering. I was like scampering over the rocks and like the waves are crashing in my snorkel, like water's going in my snorkel. And mm. I had this moment of going, Oh my God, like, this is it. Like, this is, this is where I die. Like, this is the moment. I did not think it was going to be this moment, but this is the moment. And I just kind of had this moment where I made my peace with it. And I was, I was swimming harder than I've ever swam before. And I would, and I would break free, but then I would get sucked back in and thrown. I was just being like, it was like a washing machine. I was being thrown yeah. on the rocks and like run over the rocks. I don't know, 15 minutes went by. And then I see a light and I think it's my friend. So I'm like, oh my God, I broke free. And I'm like sweating. I'm panting. I'm totally freaked out. I've only been free diving for a month. And I swim over to this, this light. And it's not my friend, it's some stranger. And I like, I just kind of like grab him. And I'm like, my name is Adriana. I am a trans. I need you to take me to shore. And he was, and he's like, well, my name is Danny and I will do that for you. And he like hooked my arm and we like swam backwards. And this guy like blessed his heart, like dropped his lobster dive, swam me back to shore and sat with me until I calmed down and like talked me through it. Like, what happened? How did you separate from your buddy? How did you get stuck? Like, here's what you need to know about this, like, dive area oh, wow. and why it's 
dangerous and and this is not a place for new people and we had this whole whole conversation and i was like you are literally a guardian angel like thank you so mm. much and that was my first education about like you need to have a, a dive plan and exit entry strategy you and your dive buddy need to be on the same page like if you take a new person you never leave their side. Like, so it was scary and I thought I was gonna die, but I learned so much from that experience about what not to do and how to do it when I take people out. There's some funny attitudes here, like we've taken you people out uh, we should we should chat about. Like, I mean, you know yourself now that you're, you've been going a year, like taking new people out is pretty painful. Like yeah, if you, yeah. if you, you know, like if you're a busy motivated person, you've got a job and a business and a family right. and all the other stuff and you make a day to take out new people diving, it, it's a big, it's a big like um, gift you're giving them. And, and yes. do you know what, do you know what I mean? So like, yes. like even when you're in a club, like a lot of those people, they love the social side of spearfishing, but they don't want to take new yeah. people out. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes that's okay, I guess. Like it's just, it's just part of it, you know. Like, but, yeah. but, but bless the ones that do, because otherwise none yeah. of us would get a start. So right, right. Yeah, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. But now that you've been going a year too, like you, the other one of the other bad things is it's like you get into your little click, like, and you, yeah. you know, because finding a dive buddy that will be there on the surface when you come back, that will mm -hmm. be able to put a second shot on your fish, that yeah. you know will drop you on the right drift line in the boat, that that you know has a similar mindset with regards to like fun work sort of balance, you know, because mm -hmm. if you go out with people that just want to have fun, a lot of the time you just don't even shoot any fish, they don't even care about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. So there's 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 all these funny things that you know, like and, and you take new people out, they're hopeless. They, you know, they might shoot one fish that's you know, yeah. Well, they might shoot a few fish, but they're not. You know, it's not the type of spearfishing you generally like. You enjoy personally. Mm. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. Mm -hmm. did you have anything? I learned it. Yeah. No, I le I learned that. And um, so when I was struggling to find people to take me. It finally occurred to me, oh my gosh, like these people, they're married, they have full-time jobs, they have kids, they have one day that they can mm. go out when the weather's good. The last thing they want to do is spend that day with someone who doesn't know what they're doing, who's going to spook the fish. So I, 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 I understood it. And mm. even though I didn't accept it, I didn't like it, like I, I got it. But mm. it's just one of the obstacles, you know, to being a new person. Right. And if you don't have a family member, if you don't have a significant other, you know, if you're not in it, like becoming like a, a new, new person like I was, it's really challenging. I think there's another attitude too that, that I haven't talked about much on the show. And that's like, and I, I've confronted it, you know, running a, a, a spearfishing podcast and a blog that helps people get started spearfishing. It's, you know, a lot of, some of the older guys would say, what, why are you encouraging people to start spearfishing? There's already yeah. a, a scarce resource. Now mm -hmm. you're bringing in potentially hundreds or thousands of other people into our resource, taking our fish and our spots mm -hmm. and ruining it for the rest of us. It's like, that's another attitude that you can confront as well. I guess the way I get around telling them is like, well, if you teach people to spearfish right from the start and they have a sustainable mindset and they yes. operate safely and buddy pairs and all these sorts of things, they're going to be good dive buddies for you. And they're also not going to rape the resource, you know, so because yes. they've been they've been taught about how to look after it from the start. So yes. I don't know, they, they, but there's, there is some like it's a funny little dynamic it for is. noob for noob spiros, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've run into that a lot too, and you know, and mm, I feel like there's, there's definitely like a new attitude, a new wave, a new energy coming into the sport right now. 
And what's have what has endured is that sort of salty attitude, right? Of like, this is my ocean. And they've really earned it. They've fought with the government. They fought with local laws to like have the right to spearfish. And mm. I really respect that, you know, and I and I, I definitely don't want to trample on that. But you know, it does prohibit people from getting into it. And when they're when they're gone, like who's who is there gonna be to fight to continue fighting those battles? And so I think mm. You know, you really are passionate about the sport. You have to, you know, take the people who are eager uh, and train them right, so they mm. can they can pass on the the proper, you know, mindset and methodologies. You know, don't blow up little things. They don't blow up spots. You know, don't mm -hmm. overfish the reef. They just those simple those simple things. The sooner you learn that and understand that, um, the better you are like, for the environment. Love it. Um, perfect timing. Let's head into Veterans Vault where we're going to chat about SoCal Dive Babes. One of the first things that struck me when I went over to SoCalDiveBabes.com is you've got this monthly meeting section and you talk and you have, you have expert speakers that come in and you have like these themed parties that, yeah. that where maybe there's some spearfishing involved but there's definitely someone talking and there's some fun stuff going on. And um, like you've got Julie Rife here talking about um, self-reliant gun ownership. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there was Brandon talking about dive safety. You've got um, Julie coming back next month to talk about reading bait and um, and fish behaviour. Then you've got another guy from the Department of Fish and Game talking about rules, rigs, and how to read weather apps. These are just awesome topics to like if you've just come into spearfishing this is exactly the kind of stuff and the conversations you want to be around to um to 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 be intentional in your spearfishing to do it safely and sustainably and selectively uh, so I, hats off to you like what a really Thanks. really well structured and cool thing like if i was in that part of the world i would probably have to get like a, a um a, an operation to change my gender so i could come along no, to your meetings we're plus one we, we all of our meetings are a plus one event so you're you're okay. welcome to be my plus one isaac anytime <laughs> cool no i really like it I, I like it and um it's 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 you know um relevant topics like um tell us a little bit about some of these past parties you've had and what, what kind of happens at one yeah so um, they got a delayed start because of COVID, right? So we couldn't get together until uh, like the fall. So our first one was a summer soiree. And that was just, was our first event just to get the girls around one another. And uh, lobster season just start started. So we had everyone bring lobster and we had a big outdoor, like, you know, lobster, veggie, grill, you know, we had a, a little raffle and Julie Reif showed up and I was like, oh my God, I was so starstruck. I was like, oh my God, Julie's here. And she's like, raffle? No one told me about a raffle. I'm going to donate the brand new Reif dry bags. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening, you know? Yeah. I just felt so legit in that moment. And yeah. Julie just fell in love with the group and she has two daughters and Julie knows exactly what it's like to be a girl in this sport. And so she's been on board with us, like from, from the, that start, from our very first event. And she's like, anything I can, I can do to help this flourish, thrive and grow so that my daughters have a place that I feel good about them going, I am all for. Mm -hmm. And so our first event was really just sort of like, let's get to know one another. Um, and then our second event, we called it Babes Giving. If there's one mm. thing I can do, it's like I can name things, right? So I named it <laughs> Babes Giving, and that was more of like, okay, let's, you know, we got some traction. People are paying attention to us. Let's open it up and like, let's in, let's invite like the community. We had like 65 people show up, and when you think wow. about like spearfishing clubs and meetings. Yeah, like no huge. one gets those turnouts, right? Mm -mm. And so, and we had this huge raffle, and you know, it was just phenomenal. And the thing that like I keep hearing that surprises me. Our women say to me, 
Adriana, like I'm, I love these events. I network, I got a job by talking to someone. I love networking with this person. The friendships that are forming, the dive buddy partnerships that are forming are just like incredible. Like they're like lifelong. And so then December, we just did a, like a gift exchange because of COVID people were really nervous. Yep. And then, um, so this year, my goal with 2021 is to get all the girls like geared up and trained up. So all the things that I needed when I first started that weren't available, I'm making available so that these girls like, like how to, how to read apps, how to know like, uh, when to go in the water, where to go, you know, everything, portfolio count, wind, swell, wave energy, all of that. I want them to know mm-hmm. that like reading mm-hmm. baitfish behavior, how to use your gun. Um, we're going to have a band tying, you know, crimping, like everyone's going to get crimps and line, like, you know, how to do that on your own. Like I want this year for the girls to be like self-reliant independent, competent, safe, knowledgeable divers. Mm-hmm. Because next year in 2022, I'm going to have uh, the dive babe of the year competition. It's going to be a year long competition. So this year is we're going to get them geared up, skilled up. Next year, we're going to have like a bigger, more comprehensive competition. Um, and so in January, I was like, all right, we got to launch this mentorship, you know, forum. Um, that's what's missing for new people. Like, like mm-hmm. we, we talked about, if you don't know anybody, Finding someone to mentor you is really hard and it's absolutely critical to be successful and safe in this sport. Like it's not like mm-hmm. any of anything else where you can just like take a class, um, you know, buy a pass, like you need someone with you in yeah. order to do this sport, right? Um, and it's cause it's not just shooting the fish. It's like you shoot the fish and then what do you do? You know, like yeah. how do you process it? Do you bring dangerous gelatinous toxic ceviche to your potluck or do you bring like, you know, like a healthy dish, you know, like all, like, all of those things. So. Um, so I wanted to start the year off with dive safety and, um, spear gun, like self-reliant spear gun ownership. So Julie, you know, really talked about like, no matter what gun you have, how can you get the most mileage out of that gun? Mm -hmm. Um, so whether you have, you know, a 90 or, you know, a 115, you know, can you shoot a, a yellow tail with a 90? Yeah. Here's how, right. So, um, so I really loved that that piece of it, and then Brandon went into you know re- really in depth about dive safety. And so this month, and it was Julie's idea. She's like, you know, I want to talk about like bait fish behavior, and how to know when the big fish are around, how to know when to give up on a fish, you know, how to read the conditions, which then led into okay, well let's get a DFG person to talk mm-hmm. about like rules and regs for fish, but also how to read all those apps. Like what are what are the most recommended apps? Because I have like ten apps on my phone for weather. And I still don't know what I'm looking at, to be honest. So, um, and then, you know, it's just every month we're going to, we're going to build on it. Um, we're going to have a class on, uh, how to fillet your fish to optimize your yield, mm-hmm. all the different cuts, how to take fish fins, you know, like fish fins, if you dip them in cornstarch and fry them in oil, they're like chips, like yeah. how to like literally use like every single part of your fish and then band tying, like tournament competitions, um, this summer, I want to focus on ocean conservation and breath work. So I have a couple different instructors who are going to come in and teach us like lung stretches and exercises and ways to like increase breath hold. And it's just mm. going to keep growing so that next year when we do the Die Babe of the Year competition, like, you know, they're going in confident and ready. Have you got a, a like a pool training group or any um, clubs oh. that are attached to you guys? Because I think that's so a fantastic I'm, way to agree. So San Diego, uh, so just get wet. They um, are the Mokonovs, uh yep. body Mokonovs. of knowledge. Yep. The, yep. Oh, thank you. 
they do pool training, which I've gone to a couple of times, but there's no one in LA. So that's actually, it's funny you said that I'm working on that for March, looking for someone in LA who can lead pool training. What else do, do you need? The conditioning. What mm -hmm. else do you need from the community in order to help make SoCal Dive Babes, um, uh, the, you know, the special thing that you've clearly got a vision for? You know what? Thanks for asking. Um, I think I need sponsorship and gear. So I'm working on building a gear loaner program. Mm -mm. Um, so that and um, so could people send you secondhand equipment and stuff, or like yeah. uh, obviously, thought, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got, I mean, one thing I I talk to, I've talked to like a lot of manufacturers and stuff over the years, and like. You know, like with spearfishing equipment, not many retailers have got a swimming pool out the back where you can right. jump in and test out five different spear guns and four different right. wetsuits. And, right. you know, it's pretty much just you, you, you put something out on a forum, you go, hey, what's this wetsuit like versus this wetsuit? Mm -hmm. And then hopefully 10 people get on with some good points and you, you, you can somehow make an, an informed choice. But one of the best ways to buy a bit of equipment is to use the bloody stuff and then... Yeah. So, you know, like I guess a lot of companies, you know, it's probably in their best interest to send you some stuff as well because, you know, your members and the ladies that are trying out the spearfishing for the first time, that's the first bit of equipment that they're going to come into contact with and they're more likely to buy it because if 100%. I put on a wetsuit and I jump in and I go, this is warm, I'm, I can move, it does everything I want, it looks cool, bang, I'm going to buy one, you know, like, yep. yeah. Okay, cool. guns. Same with guns, right? So I've only ever used wood guns and mm. I, I have non-wood guns, but like I just can't use them. And the girls that I give like the pipe guns to, they're like, oh yeah, no, those wood guns are too intimidating. They go out and they buy, you know, they buy a pathos, they buy like a pipe gun. So that's very true. Same thing. I got loan out my Epsilon wetsuit and that's the wetsuit that they end up buying. Mm -hmm. is, that right? that a good, is, that a, is that a really comfortable wetsuit for women? Is it, is it cut oh, well? Oh my God. The Epsilon Fusion. I love it so much. It's like, it just, it fits and it's stretchy and it's nice. I've had uh, I've had a polo sub, and I've had a siak, and I don't know what it is about the epsilon, but I really love it. And I've only tried three, so I can't say you know. There's, I haven't tried the wife for the wahaina, or I mean, there's so many. Yeah, 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 out there for sure. But so what you're asking for is all those manufacturers just to send you a suit, so you know. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Send me all your suits, all your guns, all your fins. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um. So what else is happening sort of in and around the traps? So you, I see you've, you've built a bit of a team of people that are helping you out. Like you've got Linz and Nicole, Emily, Isabella, Heather, Yanina. How do they sort of help out? And what's, the, what's the involvement of the team and, and the SoCal Dive Babes? Oh, I love that, that you're on the website. Um, so Linz runs the lobster clinic. So I don't like lobster diving because of my experiences, right? I don't uh. love it. Um, but Linz does. And she uh, was in Hawaii and her mentor, that's how she got into spearfishing was lobster diving. So she sort of taken it on herself to do these lobster clinics and she'll take like four or five girls out. And it's fantastic. She does everything, the dive plan. Everyone's got glow sticks, you know, everyone's got a dive buddy. It's, it's fantastic. And they all always get at least, you know, one lobster per person. So that's what she does. Um, so I'm turning so-called dive babes into a nonprofit, and Heather's going to be treasurer, and and she's that, and she helps with events. We hosted the first two events at her place, um, and um, Janina is just a killer. Like, and she is starting her own sustainable seafood company, so she's helping on like the the fish education piece and like what to do with the fish and how to treat the fish, and um, she's incredible. 
Um, Nicole has her own nonprofit. She's an artist. So like so-called dive beams, we're made up of like all kinds of people, right? We're mothers, we're artists, we're environmentalists, we're activists, we're law enforcement officers, we're like all the things. So you know, people, they just want to connect. So they bring whatever they have, you know, whatever they have to bring. So Nicole's helped with our merchandising and we have, um, so in May, we're doing our first tournament. It's an all women spearfishing tournament. It's in Baja. And I want, it's called the Wicked Mermaid. And she (laughs) helped her and Julie Rife's daughter, Sierra, created the logo for it. And it's this, it's so badass, Isaac. It's this, it's um, a mermaid who's triumphantly choking an octopus (laughs) <laughs> while holding a trident with just fish hanging off of her waist. And I was like, oh, wow. my God, this is it. Wow. This is, we are calling this tournament the Wicked Mermaid, and it is going to go off. So there's 16 spots, and there's 11 people already signed up for it. And I am so excited. So all my attention right now is going towards making this tournament, like, happen. Um, oh, so much to do as one person. It's a lot of work. Uh, so everyone sort of does like something in, in some way they, I have like a whole welcome community. So once you mm-hmm. are like, Hey, I want to be a part of the SoCal Die Babes. It's like, okay, you have to come onto our WhatsApp thread. And I have like six girls and we have, I call it the cascading introduction. So someone comes on and they have to say their name, where they're from, their experience, what they want out of the group. And then, the first person to respond has to say, hey, like, welcome. We're so stoked you're here. We can't wait to interact with you, get in the water with you. And then the next person in the welcome community has to build off of that and invite them to an event. And the next person has to make sure that they get in the water. Like, there's all these different steps, right, that they cool. get hit on. It's like when you start a new job, like that first day, that first yep. impression with how does the team greet you? And so I want to make sure that they just get, like, love-bombed and welcomed. It's intimidating, you know? It's, yeah, it's a scary sure. sport. It's a group of, like, 80 women on that thread. You don't know who you're putting yourself out to so they get hit by like five different women welcoming them showing them the ropes private messaging them and like just getting them up to speed so yeah cool. things like that awesome and okay so people can find socaldivebabes.com it's uh s-o-c-a-l-babes.com you guys no, are no, on no, guys, you forget dive, dive oh babes. did i oh, how, oh yeah. sorry okay sorry let's it's start okay, again socal divebabes.com all right and then it's you're on instagram there's a there's a facebook going and you've got how do you how do they get into this whatsapp chat oh so they um if they go onto the website there's a link a join link and that takes Mm -hmm. them to a private whatsapp message to me and then i chat with them and i get them added or they can just direct message me on instagram to get involved cool Awesome. Right, I'm going to link yeah. that stuff up in, in today's show notes. So it'll be, it'll be noobspiro.com forward slash divebabes. How's that? Okay, that's fine. It's, it's cute. So when I came up with the name, I was like, oh, my God, this is so marketable. I love it. It tells mm-hmm. us geography, tells us where, what, and who. And everyone's like, oh, are you bringing the dive babes with you? And I'm like, I am. They're coming with me. It's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. Cool. All right. So people can reach out and find out a little bit more about you through that. I wanted to move on and chat about Please. some of, or one of maybe the, one of the funniest things that's happened to you in your spearfishing experience so far. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think the funniest things that have happened to me have to do with, you know, as I said, the way to learn is you just say yes and show up and you kind of make the best of it. Right. I don't know if this is like podcast appropriate, but when I think of like funny things that have happened to me, so I learned how to dive. I told you through David. And so I would like go out on the boat 
And then I would go into my local spirit shops here in America and the owner, Dave Freeman, who's a fantastic Spiro, he would, it was COVID. So there was no one in there but me. And he and I would talk about what I did. And he's like, okay, so next time do this. So it was like this back and forth. I go on the water with David and then I come into the spirit shop and talk to Dave, right? So one day I get this message from this guy on Instagram. He's like, hey, I was at Spear America and uh, Dave said that, you know, you're really familiar with the Channel Islands. Do you want to come, you know, on on this on the boat with me? I, you know, I'd love to like get to know new people. I was like, absolutely. That sounds that sounds great. He's like, well, the boat leaves at 4 a.m. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's really early. Right. Because it's already like a two hour drive for me. I was like, you know, I, I was like, I can do it. But can I sleep on the boat the night before? He's like, no, because it's a boat club but you can stay with me. I have an extra room. And I'm like, okay, perfect. No problem. So I, I, uh, I drive up and, um, and I, and it's the day before my birthday. So I'm like, okay, this is it, man. I'm going to get like a big birthday fish. I brought a birthday cake for the boats and everyone on the boat. And I got like hard kombucha. We're going to celebrate. I got a little like birthday, like, um, tiara for myself so I can I was like I'm gonna have a I'm gonna hold the fish in one hand of my tiara and like my birthday cake is the best Instagram photo ever right <laughs> so I'm all ready roll up to the address and it's an it's not a, it's not a house or apartment it's an RV park and I was like oh god this is like where people get killed like I was like oh god I don't know this is, this is I'm feeling a little unsafe so I, I, I take a drop of pin and I send it to all my friends. I was like, hey, guys, just so you know, like I'm staying at, at this this place. And so like RV parks, they they have like these roads. They're just like kind of like these random like rows and rows and rows. And I'm driving around, driving around. And I, can't, I can't find this guy's like place. And he's and he appears out of the dark, out of nowhere with this dog. And he flags me down and he's like, all right, I want you to go to the end of this row and park it by the last RV. I'm like, perfect. So I'm thinking... But the last RV must be his, right? So I drive down and I park and I get out and I have all of this gear. Like I got, I got like three guns, my birthday cake, snacks, my overnight stuff, all my bag. I'm like, I'm loaded up with like stuff, right? And I'm like, and I don't see him anywhere. I'm like, oh, well, I guess, you know, obviously he's probably in the RV that I parked next to. So I walk into the RV and I'm, and there's just a guy in like boxers eating chips, not even watching TV, not even on the phone, just like eating chips. And I was like, Hey, um, I'm Scotty's friend. Um, I'm going to look at him and he's just like eating chips. And he's like, who's Scotty? And I was like, Oh, is this like, he doesn't live here. He's like, no. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm in, I got like guns and bag and gear, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, have a great night, sir. And like I walk out and I'm wandering around this RV park with like all of this shit. Like, where is this guy? You know, where is this guy? Finally, again, for the second time, he appears out of the dark with a dog and, uh, and he waves me over. And I'm like, okay, you know, could you help me out? I'm not one of those girls that's like, I'm going to load my own gun and do all my stuff and carry my own ice. I'm like, no, the more the merrier, like let's all just be in on this together. <laughs> so I go to, I, I walk into, I walk into his RV and it's like midnight. I'm super tired. I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. I unpack my cake. And that's all I really cared about at this point. I was like, I have to preserve this cake. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm like ready for bed. And there's only one bedroom. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. I'm like, this is the, these are the things that they your mother warned you about, like all of like the public service things warn you about. And I'm like, oh God, what did I get myself into? Everything's gone so well so far. Adriana, maybe you shouldn't have like said yes. Like this is super awkward. 
And I'm like, okay, well, um, I guess I'm just going to take the bed then. And you're just going to like sleep on like the, the table here. And he's like, yeah, like the table falls down to the bed. I'll just take the, t- the, the table bed. And I'm like, cool. So I go to bed and I'm falling asleep and my eyes are closed. And I'm in that like half awake, half sleep space. And he walks into the room and he stands next to the bed, like doesn't face me, but just like perpendicular next to the bed. And he doesn't make eye contact, but he just kind of like looks down at me like with some side eye. And he goes, if you stay one night, I'm not going to make it awkward. But if you stay a second night, I'm going to make it awkward. And then he turns around and walks out. And I was like, what? What did you just say? Who says that? What the fuck just happened? Who literally, who goes and says, I'm going to make it awkward if you stay two nights in my RV, in my random RV camp that I wouldn't let you, I wouldn't help you find. Like, I was like, oh my God. So I didn't sleep at all that night. I was like one eye open. It was so creepy. And then like the next day on the boat, it was just, it it was so weird. It was just so weird. And I invited my friend, um, Michael onto the boat. Thank God. I was like, Michael, I got to tell you what happened last night. Like, is that like, is that like a thing guys do? Do they say that? Like, have you ever said that to someone before? And he's like, you're fucking kidding me. I'm like, I'm not kidding you. He actually, he actually said he was, he was not going to make it awkward last night. But if, if like, I was too tired to like drive home after today's dive, like what does that even mean? So it's like this whole joke. We all call him awkward Scotty. And so I went into the sphere of America and I was like, Dave, you and I need to have a conversation about who you give my number to for dive buddies, because that was not cool. That was not cool. And he's just laughing. I was like, did you know? He's like, I swear to you, I didn't know, but like, he's a Navy guy. So he just, I think his social skills were, were off. And I was like, Oh, you think so? So what I was the have- second night like? I didn't say that. I was off that boat. I was off that boat. I like shot my fish and I ran away. Well, I would I, too. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't. Bolt, I'm surprised you didn't bolt that night. I would have just. Where, maybe. I didn't like nowhere to go. I was like, I was. It's my birthday dive. I was like, I'm just gonna make it. I'm gonna make it through the night. I'm gonna dive my ass off. I'm in the water. I won't have to talk to him. It was so weird. Oh my god. But I maybe would have loaded that, a spear gun and just had it pointed towards the doorway. Fire, and yeah. I have knives, a- right? I had my dive belt in the room. So I was like, I got, I had put, so I took my knife off my dive belt. This is so mm. bad. And I put it under my pillow. And the thing <laughs> is, that's like one of many stories. I could straight up write a, a small book about awkward Scotty stories that I just have, a, I have a dozen of them. So, oh, no. so for funny experiences, it's about like divers, other divers. And that's where <laughs> I started the women's group, right? So I went from like, no one will die with me to, okay, I got one guy that'll take me on his boat to, oh shit, the ramps have closed down. So now I got a shore dive. So I'm being chased by lifeguards for several months. And then it was awkward Scotty. And then, um, and then it was, I got uh, invited to Baja for 10 days with those guys. And I was like, I need to find chicks. Like that's, I just, I just do. I need to find other women that dive. And so I just, I got to work and found them. I was in every corner of Southern California. So. Love it. That's That's awesome. It's a good (laughs) story. I'm I'm glad you're one of those people that just, you know, you turn, you know, the, the frustrations and the issues that you deal with in, in life into solutions, you know, like, I think, you know, I can relate to that. Like, I, I really like people like you that, like, just, you know, shit happens. That it's like, it's like how you respond to it and what you do with it, you know. Like, you've, you've you let it inspire you yes. and create something really cool. So, it's awesome. 
And it's, and you know, I've told that story like at some of the girls get togethers and wherever I tell it, I, I laugh, I laugh and I, I got, and the girls are laughing. And I think what it does, it sort of, um, it dispels that nervousness of like, oh yeah, this shit does happen. And mm. she is okay. Like she made it and here's how she handled it. And so, um, cause it does happen. Like, you know, the, the girls, we get put into some awkward, uncomfortable, weird situations and knowing how to navigate it. And I'm always like, girls, you got knives on you. You got spear guns. Like you, you have resources. Like, um, so we talk about that, like how, how to like boat etiquette, you know, dive etiquette, not just how to be a good buddy and how, you know, how to get reinvited on boats, but how to like carry yourself, you know, when you go mm -hmm. out with a bunch of strangers. So we talk about all that, you know, one of the things about diving is, so when I was 17, I was in a coma and I was paralyzed on the right side of my body, right? I went through all of this like tragic physical stuff. And when I came out of that, so I spent my whole 20s like learning just how to stand up straight and how to move and how to function. And it was a real, it was like, it was just a real deep dive into, you know, just grit and resilience and optimism. Yeah. And I made a bucket list, you know, during those years. And um, being in the ocean, um, and living sustainably, uh, was the number one thing on the list after like being able to stand up straight, it was stand up straight and <laughs> be out of pain. And then it was ocean and sustainable living. And so free, when I discovered free diving and spearfishing, I was like, Oh my God, like this is my number two from that list. And mm -hmm. so my, my sort of like ambition and my commitment to the sport and to women in the sport, it comes from this really deep, what I consider like sacred part of my soul mm -hmm. um, around like living of how to live and how I want to live and who I want to be in the world and um, like, a, like a legacy that I want to live. And that is not just the SoCal Die Babes legacy, but it, like I said, we are a women's community. It's, it's how do women interact with one another? How can we get rid of that petty competition and all of just that like nastiness and like bullshit that can come that's un that's unnecessary in women's dynamics. How can we get rid of that and mm -hmm. like just enjoy life, support each other, and do this awesome thing that is like live yeah, cool. off the land, right? Cool, love it, awesome. Hey. That's bloody awesome. Shrek, Jeremy here, man. I'm back. Just wanted to say the podcast is growing from strength to strength, my friend. Hoorah, man. I just wanted to say thank you for your uh, continual support from the Noob Sparrow listeners, subscribing, reading, writing, and submitting kick-ass spearfishing adventures from all over the planet. Your listeners kick-ass, and Shrek, my friend, so do you. All you guys, come check out the next edition of Spearing Magazine at spearingmagazine.com. Jeremy out. I love that feeling underwater when you pull the trigger and you know exactly where that shaft is going. You want something dependable. You want to put that fish that you've been chasing for a lifetime in the boat, in the cooler, in the esky, in the chili bin if you're in New Zealand. Why do we call all these things different names? Anyway, today's show sponsor, KillshotSpearGuns.com, make awesome wooden timber spear guns, a fantastic shooting platform. If you've ever shot a big timber gun, you know the, the reliability that you get from these things. Uh, he mostly makes enclosed track spear guns. Visit him at killshotspearguns.com. Use the code NOOB to save $30 on any Killshot spear gun.
really love the high level stuff. I want to bring it right back down and just be yeah. infinitely practical with you right now. Um, yeah. Wanted to chat about gear. So, um, you, I mean, you talked about um, the Epsilon wet, wetsuit that you love. The Epsilon, mm-hmm. what was the name of it? Epsilon wetsuit. Yeah, the 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 was it like fusion. a brand? Oh, the fusion. Fusion. Yeah, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stretchy. So sometimes though with a really stretchy wetsuit, like you lose a little bit of the longevity, you know, because it's not yeah. as durable. Uh, how have you I'm found that? I'm noticing that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm noticing okay. that. My, so all of my gear was stolen, actually. My entire gear bag was stolen in June. And so I had to start from scratch. And um, so I, except uh, everything except for my, my gun actually was stolen. Um, and so that's when I got into the Epsilon suit and it was recommended to me and it's the only off the rack men's suit that I feel like fits me. And I just noticed the girls, a lot of the girls in Southern California, they gravitate towards that suit because it, it fits really well. Yeah. Um, if it's our bodies, um, I, you know, I would ideally, excuse me, ideally Isaac, I would have a so-called dive babe suit. So I'm talking, I'm actually talking to Roger Yazak right now. Like, Hey, I want to get these girls a suit. You know, that's like we got Dive Babe, you know, we got our like logo on it and like it's fit for them. And mm-hmm. it's unless you're going to get a custom suit, you know, you're kind of like got to do the best that, you know, you can with what you got. And I just I love Epsilon suit. But my favorite gear that I protect with my life are my Meandros fins. I'm obsessed with my Meandros X-Pro fins. You like obsessed. the Greek stuff, the Greek fins. What do you like about uh, them? Are they Greek? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. OK, so I first bought. Alchemies, because I went to Kona camp. The, uh, so mm. the founder of FII, Martin, he does this free dive camp every October. So I was like, perfect. I just got certified. I'm going to go to camp. I'm going to get better. And I had plastic fins. And um, he's like, girl, you know, you, you've you got to get yourself some carbon. And I'm like, I know. He's like, so, you know, you should get yourself some Alchemies. So I did, you know, and I dropped $600 on these Alchemy fins. And I called them Ferraris for your feet. And I would kick, and I would be 40 feet in four kicks. I would just like zoom, zoom, zoom. I was super fast. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm going to be the best spirit ever. Until I got caught in really bad surge. So I shot a fish, and my it was the first time my shaft got stuck in a rock. And, and I was kind of shallow, and the surge just picked up out of nowhere. And I did not have enough power to fight the fish to, to pull my shaft and to fight the current. Mm-hmm. And so I literally the next day went into Spear America and was like, Dave, I almost drowned with these fins. And he, he was like bending them. He's like, I've had linguine stiffer than this. And he was like bending them back and forth. Yep. And I was like, okay, can you please help me? And he put me in Meandros and I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with the fins. And they're just like, they're not, they're not too long. They, they're just, they have the right snap. I'm fast. I can fight mm. water. I fight fish. Like I love them. I'm a. I'm like literally obsessed. I have this debate with people as well. Like you talk to the freediver, freediver type people, and they love those super like elastic fins that have got these yes. awesome bends in them, and yes. you know they they're meant to confirm, you know, give you the ultimate and sort of efficiency. You know, so you, you minimize oxygen consumption yeah, and all this yeah. sort of stuff. And they're right. They are those yeah. things, but when you yeah. deal with current and surge and fighting fish and, and you need a little bit of power out of the mark, like they, they don't have the rigidity there to give it to you. You've still got to try and do this economical finning technique, but you're like in a totally. panic, do or die. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah I, I sort of think like 
you know, the you know, spearfishing borrows a lot of ideas and stuff from freediving, but some of it's just we it doesn't the application is not practical for us. It's like we yeah. we need power down low when when we want yeah. it, you know. And um, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm I'm stoked you found a set of fins that does that for you. Did you get composites or carbon fiber? Because I guess the other thing is the carbon fiber. Um, while it is pretty strong, it's not as strong as a, like a composite fiberglass material. Oh, they're carbon fiber, and I'm sure I'm going to snap them. Yeah. I have a fin budget for when I do. Yeah, I think if you get – like my expectation with carbon fiber fins is, is five years because, like you say, you drop five or $600. That's probably yeah. a fairly reasonable um, estimate of what you want to drop on them with foot pockets mm-hmm. or, maybe, or mm-hmm. maybe even without. But, yeah, you, like you need five – five years out of them as far as I'm concerned yeah. otherwise just, just buy composites because they will definitely give you that long but um yeah cool yeah. all right well, are um, you saying composites last longer yeah yeah the fiberglass material lasts longer yeah they have other stuff built into them mm. and um just the way they're constructed and the materials used they they definitely like you can wear them shore diving um and things like that mm. so mm-hmm. they're still mm-hmm. not as probably I don't know if they're as strong or stronger than plastics but um but they're sort of that happy medium, I think. And a lot of Spiros, mm. you know, the carbon fiber will give you the ultimate in performance, but they're definitely not as strong as, as um, yeah, fiberglass or, or plastic fins. So, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, the Meandros, they're getting the job done for you. So that's awesome. You found that I happy did. place. I did. I did. So, um, yeah, cool. I guess the other thing is getting a happy sort of balance between the foot pockets and, and your blades as well. But um, you must have that right. Yeah, you know what? So that's funny because I started off with the S-wing. The, I think they were Setmons, the S-wings. Yeah. And they were too heavy. So I felt like I had these super light feathers with concrete blocks on them. So I, right, so then I went back in and I was like, oh my gosh, these fins, I mean, these these pockets are too heavy. So then I went to the Pathos pockets and I'm happy. So the Pathos pockets, the Meandrus fins are my happy place. Yep. Another another Greek company there, so there's the there's the, yeah. there's the happiness. That's cool. Um, yeah, everyone's sort of got their own preferences with stuff, and you and you get into the you watch these long debates and stuff, and it, it's interesting the people that have been around and actually tried out all of the different stuff and all of the different combinations because they're few and far between. Generally, we get introduced to a bit of equipment, it works, and then we're, we're that's what we do for the rest of our lives, you know. So it's um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, ah, all good. Um, all right. Last sort of section of the show is Spiro Q and A. It's some sort of faster fire questions. Are you ready? Ready. All right, cool. Um, what is the <laughs> single best piece of advice you've been ever, ever been given for spearfishing? Two is one, one is none. Mm. So when you go, always have two of everything when you go on a boat. So I always have two masks, two snorkels, two full weight belts. Uh, the only thing I don't have two of is is fins, but um, I even have a, a backup wet, wetsuit, uh, like wetsuit top. Um, two is one, one is none. Cool. And, um, and a positive attitude, uh, someone's like, I would be like, Oh, I don't know if I can load this. And they'd be like, well, not with that attitude. So my second thing is, is attitude. Love it. All right. If you had to start all over again, what would you do differently? Oh my gosh. I don't know. What would I do differently? Um, it's all good. I'll, I'll just edit out your awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me again. It'll be awkward. Um, what would I, what would I do differently? If you don't, if you don't, if you don't answer this question, the second time I ask you, it's going to get awkward. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I couldn't resist. I know it was a little, it was a little inappropriate. I love that. Got to bring it back around. 
Um, how do people answer that? I mean, I don't even know. It's all good. Um, so, I mean, some people think and they go back and they just realize the host of errors they made and they think, oh, were they avoidable? If I, you know, if I had done this, maybe that, that wouldn't happen. But I mean, you know, the way you learn and how you learned it, you know, has influenced who you are now. So some people, yeah. you know, they, they wouldn't do anything differently. So I love all my mistakes. Like, I mean, I learned more from what I, how I failed in this sport than, than my successes. So I don't know. I don't think anything. Uh, right, cool. I don't think anything. All right. What, what's been the single best resource for improving your spearfishing? Whether it's videos, books, um, obviously the Noob Spiro podcast is pretty like awesome, but um, anything else like obviously having a community is pretty cool, but in terms of actual like a practical learning resource, is there anything that's helped you more than anything it's, else? Um, honestly, hanging out in spearfishing shops. So I would just spend hours just hanging out and then the people that come in and out of the shops to buy gear and there's just sort of like a hangout vibe and I would pick their brain Mm-hmm. And that's where I've, that's my best resource because you, because they have local knowledge. So I can talk to them about like actual experiences that I had on, on locations and dives that they're familiar with. Um, yeah. And, and that's how I met people to go on trips too. So hanging out at dive shops is, is, is awesome. I can, I can relate to that. And, um, and you met Scotty too, who's become your husband. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You were very happy together. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question could you could you describe what the spearfishing experience means to you in one sentence for me it means um peace freedom and community nice sorry i lost the internet connection really for a sentence. More just, those are just words but i don't really have a sentence for you well i think you know you sort of talked about this earlier like it ties back into one of the most important values you have for your life which is like leaving a leading an ocean going life that is a, that is sustainable, you know, and um, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, awesome. I've really enjoyed this, Adriana. I had some good oh, laughs. A, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I'm sorry. So my last trip to Baja, I took three girls, and we were we were all diving, and everyone was shooting fish but me, and I'm like, what the hell? I'm the only one that's been here before. I should be better. I know what I'm doing. How they've never been here before? What the fuck? And I was super angsty, and on the second day. I'm still angsty and I dive down and I'm at 15 feet and this massive turtle. And I mean, like big, like bigger than like a Maui turtle, like a massive, massive turtle swims up to me and starts doing circles around me. And it starts to talk to me. And it's like, Adriana, this ocean owes you nothing. The fish don't owe you their lives. The water doesn't owe you good conditions. I don't owe you anything. It's a privilege to be in this ocean and it's a pr- water and it's a privilege to shoot these fish. And then it swam away. And I went back to the surface and I don't know what it was, but like that was like the message that I needed to hear. And it shifted my entire demeanor. My energy shifted, my nervous system, like I relaxed. And the next dive, I dove down 40 feet and there wasn't a single fish in sight. And I just laid there on the bottom. And I'd say 45 seconds goes by and two of the largest fish I have ever seen in my entire life swim by. And I was so calm that they didn't see me. They just were casually moving and they were so big. I thought they were black sea bass. And I was down there going, oh my God, what is this? Like, am I going to shoot it? I only have a 100. Like, of course I'm going to shoot it, but are you going to shoot it? Yes. And I had this whole conversation with myself and I shot it and it ended up being an 80 pound grouper. And And so I love that story because 
like the thing I love so much about spearfishing are those lessons, right? Like mm. I go into it, I and I can't help it, but I go into it with an agenda. I go into it as this like and amb- like this ambitious like hunter, like I, like I you know I want the fish and I want to serve it to people and I want the photo and like I want all those things, but that is not what it's about. It is not what it's about. It's not where the magic is. It's not where the beauty is. It's it's not it's yes, it's not where the magic is. And mm. so having, you know, those moments in the ocean where I let the ocean talk to me and teach me and tell me what to do and how to be and what it wants out of me is, is really why I go back time and time and time again. Cool. That's awesome. I really, I'm really glad you pulled me up to tell me that story because, and I can relate to it on, on a lot of levels. So it's a, that was powerful. Cool. Thanks. Awesome, Adriana. I've had and just a, a mad chat with you. I've really enjoyed learning more about the SoCal Dive Babes and some of the mindsets and motivations that drive you as a person and as a spearer. And I thank you for what you're doing in the community. And um, if there's ever any um, opportunities to collaborate in the future, I am all for it. So keep doing what Same. you're doing. Thank you cool. so much. This is awesome. Cool. Where can people come and find you and all the things SoCal Dive Babes? Yeah, go to Instagram, so-called Dive Babes. Um, and uh, we have a Facebook page. It's not that busy. So I'd say stick to Instagram and go follow our website. It's um, I'm building it slowly. So we're going to add education pages to it. We're, we're going to have catch and cook series. Our monthly meetings and our topics are posted there. Uh, and as we get merchandise, that'll be there as well. So you should check us out on both platforms. And a wetsuit for women as well. Awesome. Hey. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. All right, cool. Well, thanks for chatting with me this morning. Thank you so much. So, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed today's interview. Adriana, what an absolute legend, at SoCal Dive Babes on Instagram. Uh, follow along on the journey there. There's just a bunch of uh, awesome divers getting along and just sharing the stoke on there. It's really cool, really laid back, really enjoyed it. Um, in two weeks, we are off to chat with Tom Sandstrom and later, way later in the interview, Adam Stern jumps on as well. He's uh, arriving late due to time zone confusion, but it was all good. I had a really mad chat with Tom. Uh, he's just completed his instructor's course, which is an initiative being run by um, the governing body here in Australia. And it's a, it, and basically they want to they want to train more Spiros so that they have a good knowledge of um, you know of freediving and so that we have less blackouts and things like that. I'd encourage you to tune into this episode. We talk about the nuts and bolts of what it's like to become a freediving instructor and the experience of it, the personalities that were involved in this course. It's really cool. Tom Sandstrom, Adam Stern, see you in two weeks. As usual, leave a review. If you love the show, be stoked if you become a patron listener. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash to do so. But Hey, all good. Um, anything mentioned in today's show notes, noobspirit.com forward slash SoCal Dive Babes. I'm out. Are you a US-based diver? Great news. Today's show sponsor, Neptonics.com, have got a deal for you. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off anything and everything at Neptonics.com. Equipment you can rely on, solid gear that works. Even when you get all Limp Biscuit on it, you'll struggle to break stuff. Longtime sponsor, partner, and supporter of the Noob Spirit podcast, adreno.com.au has been with us for more than 100 episodes, and I, for one, am extraordinarily grateful. 
I believe there are four strong reasons to shop at adreno.com.au. Number one, price beat guarantee on any Australian spearfishing equipment price. Number two, flat rate shipping across Australia. Number three, hassle-free returns policy. It's super easy if you have any issues with your gear. Number four, and probably the best of all, you can use the code NoobSpiro to save $20 on every purchase over $200 at adreno.com.au. Now, and even now, you can use the code in-store. Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, new store on the way. It's a literal no-brainer if you're a Spiro in Australia. Thanks, Adreno. Adreno.